the sound of twigs snapping and leaves crunching under thick, sturdy hooves suddenly filled the mostly silent air of the wilderness. It lumbered through the woods at a slow pace, like the fat-ass chefs at the maw, its jaws set tightly together. Long, bloody teeth poked out from the pure white deer skull attached to its face. A set of black, soulless eyes that would hardly be seen unless you were much closer. Though one would beg the question of why they would get close to this thing, stared into the dark woods. It didn't move. It didn't need to. All it needed to do was hide in the shadows and wait. Even though it couldn't see where the hunter was, it could still smell him. The awful scent of death and decay on his clothes could be smelled even from miles away. It would seem disgusting to anyone else, but to it, it was wonderful for it, as that meant food was in its sights. Despite its hunger, it didn't dare move any closer, for the hunter was armed with his rusty shotgun. It was his number one weapon of choice, after all, and was capable of blasting its prey into oblivion, even with one shot. And though it was certain that the hunter didn't have any silver bullets on hand, it didn't want to take any risks, not when it had three new wendigos to snag and make its own. It could feel them. It was faint, but it could feel them. Their minds dotted around the wilderness like pins on a map. One was nearly on the other side of the wilderness. No doubt she was gathering more meat to grow her power. It didn't have a power tracker on its mind, so it couldn't be sure. But it was certain of that. The other two were surprisingly staying together. No matter where they were going or what directions they picked, they stayed together. It was confused as it sat there in the darkness. It brought a clawed hand to its chin as it tried to figure out what was going on. This had never happened before. Throughout all the years it had ruled as the Alpha Wendigo and its tribe, nothing like this has ever happened. Whatever Wendigos the Alpha had created by either the means of possession or feeding them human meat, they had always been the same as it. Nothing more than mindless monsters with sharp fangs, blue eyes, and the same thin skeleton frames it carried. But these two were definitely unlike any child Wendigo had created before, as it sensed the two from somewhere in the wilderness. It felt an unpleasant feeling of warmth and friendship that it never sensed before in thousands of years. It entered its body through its mind, traveling into its icy heart filling it with a feeling that burned inside of it like someone was stabbing a burning hot sword into its chest. It was painful. It was maddening. It winced in pain, bringing a clawed hand up to its chest before it dropped the connection in an effort to recover. It could still feel them and figure out where they were, but at least it didn't have to feel the horrible burning feeling of friendship and warmth the two little Wendigos seemed to have. It didn't know why, but it appeared the two had a stronger connection than it had first anticipated when it had tracked them down and found them dying in the hunter's cabin. It had seen them both a couple times before, after it had caught sight of a raven snow-haired boy wearing a leather coat. 
First, when the white-clad girl arrived on the mainland, along with two other girls and what looked like a boy. One with a bright, sunny raincoat, icy blue eyes like itself, and brown hair tied up in a lovely braid. The other with a green dress, white hair tucked in a set of curls, a batch of it tucked on top of her head and held together by a green sash and bangs that covered half her face, so the Wendigo couldn't see her eyes and what color they were. The final wearing what looked like winter clothes, despite it being warm in the wilderness. Second, when the girl was dressed in a blue jumper of some kind, heading out into the woods, probably looking for food or something, and coming across the paper bag-wearing boy, sitting atop a tree branch in the darkness of the night, almost a shade with the light of the moon behind him. At first, it hadn't given them any thoughts, and simply considered putting them on its menu for tonight. That is, until the girl got captured by the hunter, the Wendigo's number one enemy in the wilderness. The boy, being a witness, suddenly got off his ass and sprinted into the forest, no doubt looking for the little girl who had been captured. It chuckled under its breath at first, as it watched the little boy sprint deeper into the woods, knowing what would happen to him if he kept going, because it had seen other children meet their ends by the hunter's traps or its own jaws when it finally caught up to them if they escaped. But it sure as shit wasn't laughing anymore when it saw the boy using his wits and many of the forest's natural resources to avoid being caught by the traps. In fact, it was quite impressed with this boy and his quick thinking and cunning, the latter being a useful tool for hunting down and catching victims. No way would it be able to get flesh without it. But in all of its time of living in the wilderness, it had never seen a child who was as cunning and quick-thinking as itself. In an instant, the Wendigo decided to scratch the paper-head-bagged boy off its hit list and add him to the people to make into a Wendigo list, for his cunning could be useful for it to take advantage of. However, the trouble soon came up. First, the second it realized the boy could be useful, he was gone from sight. So the Wendigo had to track him down, which wasn't a real problem, thanks to its supernatural speed. The second was the hunter shooting it in the ribs with his shotgun, nearly near its frozen heart. Just its motherfucking luck! Third, the hunter was guarding his home like he was a long-lasting soldier, was only going to die when he was completely done defending his country, or rather, his house, possibly guarding his captured prey. It didn't see the boy outside the cabin, but it was safe to assume that he either escaped, was killed, or captured by the hunter. The last option sounded very unlikely, but it was still an option that the Wendigo had to take into account. Regardless of what happened, it had to find the boy and turn him into a Wendigo. Unless he was dead, then it would be a waste of time and energy. However, in order to be able to find the baghead boy, it had to wait till the hunter had left his cabin, which would take lord knows how long. So it did. It was a patient being. So it could wait. It took about a week or two, but the hunter finally left his cabin once he was certain everything was safe, to head off into the woods to go hunting, but for what? The Wendigo didn't care to know. The only thing it cared about was collecting its new Wendigo. 
Turning into a cloud of white snow, the Wendigo entered the cabin through the roof like a phantom, expectantly getting through the wood till it was standing over a room that contained a few items, like a music box, a bed near a shut window, and two dying children in the middle of the room, and sure enough, one of the children was the same little boy it had been looking for this time. The boy was missing his paper bag. The other child, lying next to him, was the same little girl who had been captured by the hunter before. It was a bit surprising to see the boy, who used every one of his wits to survive in the wilderness and outwit the hunter's traps, trapped in the same room the way the little girl was. But it's supposed the hunter had figured something or another about the boy arriving to his cabin. Shaking its head free of thought, the Wendigo glanced down at its new vessels, a grin spreading across its skull. It didn't matter. It now had the boy and another child to transform. So it pushed down a piece of human meat that it always carried on hand into the little room right above the children. The children lifted their heads from the floor and quickly went to the meat on wobbly legs, then devoured it, their transformation starting shortly after. It didn't know how long the two were down there or how starved they were, but if they were able to completely discard signs their bodies were trying to give them to devour human meat, then they had to be pretty drained and desperate. It left before the two Wendigo children took notice of it, as its own hunger started up. So it left the two children to their own devices, letting them gain flesh and more power on their own, much like the other Wendigos it raised before. Well, it got exactly what it expected. What it didn't expect was the two to develop some kind of relationship that it might have had in its past life. It was a sickening, burning feeling that hurt it more than a bullet from the hunter's shotgun ever could as it only brought back unwanted memories, it supposed. Yet, as much as the Wendigo's relationship burned, it could be useful if used in the right way. One Wendigo was a threat on their own, but two working together? It laughed silently to itself as it stood there in the darkness of the woods. It could grab the two Wendigos later. For now, it will simply sit there and wait, allow the two children to grow in power, and kill the hunter then the Pale City will be theirs to claim.